Transmitting directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my red truth, the beautiful Miss Rayleigh Lightheart. Bam! Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay, you're back! God damn! Yeah! How was your uh, vacation? You have a good vacation? Pretty fun? Uneventful? Um, I am so blessed. I am so happy. And oh my gosh, I am so glad that you got Sherry Voluntary to step in I know. and help you out. Okay. And luckily she, she knew. so smart. Yeah, we worked together on the old Johnny Rocket launch pad, and it was good to have her on because we could, you know, actually, you know, kind of reflect on the old times and oh, reminisce and, oh, yeah, remember you said that stupid back there? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> No, no, it was she, good, her, her laugh melts melts my heart. Well, there, there's something about the way she she laughs and the way her face lights up. It's just a uh, uh, wonderful, and uh, I love her the way she moms too. Oh yeah, She's cool. Yeah, she does a good job. So you yeah. know what? I'm just glad that you're back. I've I've missed the hell out of you. It was weird because we did like a special and we had a show, and I'm like, well, you have your vacation. I'm like, you know what? Take it. You know because you only live once, and yeah, I don't in do that. You never do it. You know, you're always responsible. Right. You're that person who shows up, your leg could be like half on and you'd be like, I'm still here. God damn it. And you muscle <laughs> through it. But hey, Raylene, thanks again for being back. And I'm I'm glad you're back. And just wasn't the same. Sherry did an awesome job. Awesome job. She's a, a wonderful co-host, but it's just not the same. So Aww, I missed you too. Rock and roll. <laughs> Let's do this. All right. So Hans Hermann Hoppe had written, it is true that the U.S. healthcare system is a mess, but this demonstrates not market, but government failure. To cure the problem requires not different or more regulations or bureaucracies as self-serving politicians want us to believe, but the elimination of all government controls on insurance and create more opportunities through insurance and free markets. This show is about libertarian solutions to problems and to discuss libertarian morality with no other than the podcast host, Moral Bob. Moral Bob is a single father, a small business owner, and a voluntarist podcast host on Conversations About Freedom podcast. Bob has been tired of seeing the self-destruction of a once amazing country by tyranny, corruption, and force. Bob is a self-proclaimed rebel, an anarchist, and a warrior for freedom. Moral Bob's show, Conversations About Freedom, is a show asking the hard questions focus not only on how the government is violating our rights, but how we move forward in a better way. With core principles of individual rights and peaceful solutions to problems, you can find it on all the major podcatchers. All right, Raylene, prepare for liftoff. Copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Oh, hot toddy, double check. <laughs> Thrusters are hot, Raylene, are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast Let's off blast with Moral Bob! Mr. Bob, how you doing, brother? 
Man, I'm doing okay, all things considered. Rock and roll, rock and roll, man. So uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show. And I, I'm really interested, you know, I, me and you ended up getting to talk to each other on uh, on Facebook and stuff. And we, we share a common producer. And that would be our, our producer, uh, Mr. Ben Weigold, uh, who we refer to as ground control here. But uh, I heard he's, you know, that's how I ended up getting to know who you were. Nice. And your uh, podcast, Conversations About Freedom. And uh, it's really good, man. You're, you know, you're at a very strong start right now in, in the liberty movement. And a lot of people are starting to know who you are because you have a pretty loud and truthful voice that's out there. And that, that's what we need right now, more than ever. Absolutely. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. And uh, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to rattle cages and shake things up and, and show people that we don't have, just because things have been a certain way doesn't mean they have to be that way. Uh, 100%. We can, we yeah. can show everybody that our way is the way forward, especially right now when this country is about to fall apart. Roger yeah. that, man. Well, so here's the thing, like libertarianism in itself, you know, celebrate such things as like individual liberty, private property, peaceful activity, voluntary association, individual responsibility. And most people I've ever talked, just about everyone I've ever talked to believes in these core concepts. But when it actually comes to the political aspect of it, they just seem to disagree. And I believe this has happened to every libertarian. Why is that? What is the why do they stop believing, you know, they believe in all these things, but as soon as it comes to, well, we should implement this, well, but, but we can't, this can't happen. It just doesn't make sense. Why do you think this mm -hmm. is? I mean, the simple answer, indoctrination, mm -hmm. you know, they've been told that this is the only way for so long. It's decades and decades and generations of just brainwashing um, and indoctrination. And we can thank Horace Mann for bringing the Prussian model of education to this country. That's what did it. Mm -hmm. Before before we structured education the way it is and let government basically take control, almost everybody was a free thinker. Mm -hmm. And they're not anymore. Mm. That's right. You know, there's a story. If you, I, oh, This is true. If you take a jar and you put grasshoppers in it and you keep the, the jar closed and they, they are always trying to hop out, hop out, hop out, but they hit the lid. And after a time of being in there, if you take the lid off, those grasshoppers only jump as high as the lid is. And when you take that concept and apply it to the way we've been indoctrinated and the way we can't see outside of the jar, we can't see outside without the lid. We, not we, but the people around us are so conditioned to not even be able to grasp a concept without the word legality or without the we as a society or the herd or I mean, it, it's it's everywhere. You're you're totally right. So I have a question for you about that. We see so many people debating this question. What would lead to a better outcome in your opinion? Deregulation is a step down process or pressing the button and ending all government interventions immediately. I mean, this is the reason I support Jacob Hornberger is because we have to do things and we have to do things now. We have to mm -hmm. show everybody that the way that we've been doing things is incredibly immoral and that the continuing of doing things this way is incredibly immoral and that our daily activities are all voluntary. I mean, nobody's forcing us to be peaceful with one another. And we have to show each other the reason that we're not going to our next door neighbor's house and hurting them and taking their stuff isn't because it's against the law. Right. You know, and these are the con we have to... <laughs> Not to talk down to normies, but we have to speak in their language. Mm -hmm. You know, you know the old adage: you got to go at the left from the left and the right from the right. You know, we have to use their mindset to convince them that you're not going to smooth everybody's road. 
The numbers are never going to be zero on bad things. And the best thing to do is quit threatening everybody with violence to get things done. Mm-hmm. Well, some would argue, uh, a follow-up on that, someone might argue, though, that it's, you know, it, it is possibly the repercussions of the laws that hold people back from things. And I, I totally disagree with that. But some people would argue that, you know, it is illegal to steal and the outcomes of stealing from somebody would mean that you go to jail and people don't want to go to jail. So therefore they don't steal. But I don't, that's why they don't punch somebody outside of a bar because they don't want to get arrested. That's right? right. Some people might argue that point, but I think inherently people do not think about, oh, I really want that guy's car. So I'm going to steal it because we, I think we're of the mindset that as a human being, we tend to treat people the same way we would like to be treated. And, and that comes down to just even normal conversation, right? You, you walk down the street, you're like, hey, how's it going? And the other person's like, hey, what's going on, man? I think that's just kind of a, a cultural thing that we're just kind of showing respect to one another, not really caring whether or not how they're doing. You're just acknowledging who they are and that they're a person. And that is just a sign of respect, not necessarily mm-hmm. how's it going. I don't really get how you're doing, but we're asking them we're acknowledging them and that's just a sign of respect. So that's how I look at it. What's your thoughts? Um, yeah, well, and, and all you have to do is look at the fact that because these things are illegal, it hasn't stopped them from happening. There it is. You know, have we solved any of these problems? Has the, has the numbers even marginally gone no, down? No, we have to keep adding more cops. More keep adding more laws, <laughs> right? right? Right. Well, and that's, that's the, um, I forget who said it, Every government regulation justifies the mm-hmm. next. Well, sure. And so it's like, oh, we didn't do that right, so we need more money or we need more laws. And then we have these giant stacks of laws for for just everyday, normal, peaceful Americans. And that's not how we do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, me and you have discussed this idea with Raylene, too. I mean, there should be just laws, natural laws. And we all know what those are. Every human being on Earth knows you shouldn't steal, shouldn't people's wives, you shouldn't lie, commit fraud, right? And you should, you know, not hurt people if it's just in murder, right? Then, you know, if you're defending yourself, that's okay. But like, overall, don't kill people, don't take That's about it. To me, that's basic common sense. Those should be the only laws. Basic morality for any philosophy. Yeah, but that should be the only thing that's on any book anywhere, period. Don't hurt people, don't steal, don't lie or commit fraud. You, Period. You, I, I got to jump in here and say this. Uh, the laws, the there being a law and there being a cops lulls people into a false sense of security. You're right, Bob, that their crime still is bad. The roads still are bad. It doesn't really matter. We still have the problems. We keep thinking more laws and more regulations will make it better. And it doesn't. It never does. But not only do they not make it better, they actually make it worse. So these thieves that are going through your backyard, all, all the, the crackheads that'll come by and, and go through your garage and steal your things, like that, that's a thing, or go through your mail. And the fact that they know the cops can't come get you, and they also know it's highly unlikely that somebody's going to come out with a shotgun and shoot them there's for no, going through their mail. There's no repercussions, They know right? that it's illegal to put barbed wire around their, their, their things and put a, a trench and come in and tripwire somebody coming for their mail and take them out. You know, they know that that's illegal, that you're not allowed to, to you even should. trap. I think you should be able to booby trap your house. 
I'm I absolutely it. agree. But the fact <laughs> that it's a law you. that you can't and if that a burglar laws. can come and sue you when they fall in your pool and break their leg when that's they were right. there to rob you, that that's the society that we're living in. The law actually causes more problems because they don't believe you. anybody will fight back. And, yep. Right. You're right. Anyway. Well, and, and that's just the thing. Like, if if there was more immediate repercussion mm-hmm. for for these criminals, you know, if, if, you know, the old, the old saying, an armed society is a polite mm-hmm. one, right? So if they don't, if you don't know who's going to shoot you in the face, maybe you're going to, these criminals will think twice. And also in a free society, jobs will be easier to get. The market will be booming and they won't have to resort to crime, but some people still will. That's right. Like that's not going to go away. There are going to be people that regardless of how easy it is to get a job and how cheap goods are and all of that, there are going to be people that just decide to steal and do bad things. We're, that's, I mean, it's going to happen. That's- just arm yourself and it's our personal responsibility to take our safety as a personal responsibility. I'm with you. Right. Also, communities would be closer. Communities would be stronger. I mean, we've seen an isolation and our society is being engineered, in my opinion, and has been for a while. And we, we don't all, libertarians and anarchists don't all agree on that. But I do believe that it has been intentionally separated. Everybody's families are separated. The neighborhoods are more separated. Uh, we aren't relying on each other as a community because we're all statists. Um, it's it's not all of us, but but as a whole, it's it's wild. So... When you look at it like that, what do we say about like the mafia? Is that is that something that we would have if we did the privatized insurance? You know, so they are always talking about it would bring in mafia like entities and or the warlords. Is that what we always hear? The warlords? Warlords. It's not warlords. You have to say it really. You have to have like an echo on that. Warlord. Let's ask Ben to put some effects on that. I know. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. No, but Moral Bob, like, what do you think? I'm, I'm with you, Raylan. That's a good thing. There's a lot of fear. And I, the state has indoctrinated people. Like, if there is no laws and there is no, you know, the way we do it, then it would be chaos. It would be nuts. Well, isn't be- the, wasn't the mafia coming in in Italy because of the feudalist Italy and the government mm-hmm. having so much? Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. So what, what you have to look at is that crime is a risk-reward equation. Mm-hmm. So if you increase the risk and lower the reward of being a criminal, the number of crimes will automatically come down. Mm -hmm. So if you make it easier to get into a market that, say, the mafia would want to get into or some group of gangs would want to get into, usually they want to get into the business of illegal items, Mm -hmm. drugs, guns, alcohol during prohibition, you know. And so if those things are legal... What's the incentive to be engaged in crime? Right. Right. I'm with you. Yeah. What is the crime? Protecting other criminals. And what are the criminals doing? Stealing? I mean, so then you'd be protecting. So there'd be thieves that don't want to work. They want to take everybody's things, right? So those thieves would go around. This is the theory that they go around uh, taking things from people's homes uh, and not working themselves. So then people would hire private security. So this kind of falls into the private insurance discussion that we were going to have today. And the private security. And is the mafia a private security-ish type thing, but without the force? Because if there was no government, we wouldn't need the mafia. They would just actually have private security that wasn't there without you being doing it voluntarily. That's like the big difference, right, in a free market. Right. And in a free market, could you imagine how cheap mm-hmm. security could possibly <laughs> yeah. be? That's true. You know, That's true. Like, 
like you would have people that, you know, maybe older ex-military people or whatever that have money and just want a part-time job and you could hire them for a very nominal fee for just when you're not home. That's right. You know, hey, I'm going to go to the store. I need somebody to protect my home between the hours of this and yeah, this. Oh, yeah. And somebody shows I got up, you, Miss Smith. You know, and for a handful of dollars. That's right. Protects your house. and That's right. I, I agree, man. You know, and that's that's the thing is like we were also talking at one time, uh, I think it was earlier in the week, but we were discussing the ideas of, you know, private firefighters and, and private police and how that concept to people just seems kind of foreign or alien like. Our country historically has always hired uh, firefighters through voluntary insurance, right? So people like they would add it to their home, like, hey, if you, if the, you know, the fire department would come to your house and be like, okay, this is a hazard, that's a hazard, we'll we'll charge it, you know, ten dollars a month, and if you have a fire, then we'll be here to put it out. And this was done a long time ago, historically, and mm-hmm. not so much with the police per se, like in the Wild West out here in you know Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. They had they had towns and the towns, you know, kind of chipped in for their share, for their protection. And they kind of supported that guy to to watch over them. Well, they were actually working together as a free society with one sure. guy yeah. that they would work through and as a, a representative. Right. So, but what I'm saying is, in that sense, you had security, you had your police. It wasn't federalized. It wasn't city or state. Right. That guy had to do a good job. And if he didn't do a good job, they would have fired him. Right. If yep. if Sheriff Bob just like everyone's stealing <laughs> Sheriff Bob's drunk all the time, they would let that guy go and he would end up being something else, a janitor or a blacksmith or whatever. But they would hire somebody who is good at their job to protect their best interest and their property and their family. To me, that makes sense. And we were talking about what would be some of the ways, Mr. Bob, that this could be implemented in a free society and let's say like home ownership, HOAs. And let's talk about apartments and how this could possibly be implemented. Great. Sure. First, to, to touch on, on how we used to do things like fire departments is um, in order to vote, you had to sign up for the bucket brigade. So, you know, it could be something along those lines. Sure, that makes sense. You know, where it's, you know, like in order to get this privilege, you have to be part of the voluntary fire department. That makes sense. Um, and if we do it that way, you know, then it's all voluntary. But how we how we privately fund things. So let me, you know, you told me to dig into some numbers. So I did a little bit of digging, and I found out that average over America, depending on where you live and you know all of that and the value of your property and whatnot, insurance ranges anywhere. Homeowners insurance mm-hmm. ranges anywhere from about five hundred dollars to almost two thousand dollars a mm-hmm. year. So. Let's say the average is around a thousand. Okay. And if we have a thousand dollars a year for insurance in let's say a small town, I live in a small town and I think the population's right around twenty thousand dollars. I mean twenty thousand people. Okay. Sorry, not dollars. Right. Um I'm trying to think. I, of I got money. you. I got um, you. Uh, but yeah, so my town's around twenty thousand people, all paying an average of a thousand dollars a year. That's $20 million a year that we could use to fund things. Right. And the average firefighter makes like $60,000 a year. And the average uh, police officer makes around the same. So imagine how many of each one of those you could have determined on the need um, with $20 million. How many fires are in your town? 
That's what I want to know. Like, because they get paid all day, every day. I mean, the, the firefighters make a lot of money. I, I know them in real life. How many fires are they putting out? And how do you think that they should be getting paid? And do you think that they're getting paid too much? Uh, I think they're getting paid too much now, but it's based on the government regulation of it because they have to be on site, on call at all times instead of doing it more of, you know, you know, you get a page, you know, and you would have people that work different jobs that are part of a voluntary fire Mm -hmm. department. And depending on their hours would be when they are on call. Right. I mean, there's easy. The the problem is, is that people's thought pattern on these things are just so surface level. Mm They don't try to think just two or three steps deeper to get to a voluntary, you know, peaceful solution. They're just like, okay, well, it, it has to be done this That's way. That's the only so way. Like, That's just right. dig a little bit deeper. Just dig a little bit deeper. If you, if you know that, I mean, we teach it to our kids, the golden rule. Don't, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. And, you know, most people function that way, but they have a blind spot when it comes to government. Uh-huh. And they just, which is now everything, which is now everything, spot. Bob. It's yeah. everything now. Because government you know, is everything now. They're inter- touching everything. Bernie Sanders wants to make the internet a public utility. Right. That's, he's a f- yeah, but, yeah. And, and HR 2881 got passed in January, and it basically states once 5G goes nationwide, it is a public utility, and the government can seize control of it. Jesus Christ. Already passed. It's already Crazy. passed. We were too distracted even in real Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was on purpose. Well, here's the thing, Moral Bob, you know, here's the thing, though, too. Like we were talking, you were saying homeowners, homeowners insurance would just cover firefighters. Let's just say, let's say covered a bunch of things. Let's just say you had to pay a thousand dollars for, you know, police protection, fire protection, earthquake insurance, whatever. I mean, you could bundle all these packages together. Let's just say they didn't get the two million a year. Let's just say they didn't get that two million. Let's just say the the fire department would. What's that? 20, well, let's just say they didn't even get that. Let's just say they got 10. I'm being, <laughs> yeah, being very, okay. let's just yeah. say 10, right? Because let's say the cops get 10 or, or eight, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's still a lot of money. And that's a small town, dude. Like that's a small town. And that would probably hire, you could probably have a really nice place that they could lease all the equipment anyone could ever imagine to have. And at least seven to eight firefighters on full time. Well, and here's here's the weird thing is something that never comes up in the conversation about government funded stuff. Mm-hmm. How about you stay in your budget? Yeah. How about you would you have, to. have $10 million, you figure it the hell out and stay in your damn budget. Businesses have to and do that. You, yeah. If you can't, you don't get to violently force everybody to pay. I agree. More. It's, hey, you got $10 million a year. <laughs> well, and the, and the way that it's set up, as you can know, with all government the way they are, the way they get things is that they have to use every bit of their budget, or they get less. So then you have useless spending on the other end of that, and then they're still petitioning for more constantly and lobbying. They spend their time doing that. But there's another thing that that people don't talk about with the things with the with the government works, and and we never talk about this with the fire department because we just don't very often. But why do you think the fire department is now in char has has a whole bunch of firefighters that check your car seats for safety they're paid to do that right so so we keep expanding check your car seats yeah i mean this is what they do and now there's nothing wrong wait, wait, with wait. offering that service for free if they chose to but because it's a government entity and they're making six, yeah so 
Well, you know, with all the car seat regulations, which I'm, I'm all for car seat safety. Actually, I'm a mom. And, and so I, I do believe in it. I do understand it. But because of the regulations, the moms don't even know how to set up these very intricate car seats now all the time or the dads, right? So, or grandma doesn't know how to do it. So you can go put your car seat in your car, take it down to the fire department. And then they're there to, and you're, and you're, they, they tell you to do this, go have the firefighters do it. Why are the firefighters spending time going to the government schools? Cause they're not doing anything. They're not fighting fires. Why are we expecting the firefighters to be showing up for these things, those things, EMTs, they're not firefighters. So it's kind of like a library levy, you know, when, when a library levy comes up and I I've written the argument against the library being passed, you know, when, when we're doing this and it's because they kept expanding. So the library doesn't just have books. Now they need to teach kids STEM, okay. uh, which is what the government school levies are supposed to be for also. So we're doubling up on all these different government programs where they have more than one type of service or that same service provided by many different government entities. Like the library needs to get creative to, because it could be totally privatized. The library is not even being seen as valuable anymore. The libraries are used for homeless people to jerk off the porn. That's the only (laughs) thing the libraries are used for. And for bored moms to take their preschoolers to. Yeah, with the homeless guys jerking off the porn, all right, in the same building, right? But it's a say. It's so nice to have a library. You don't need a goddamn library. Nostalgia. We have the internet. We have everything we could ever possibly want on the internet. And if you like a book enough, buy the goddamn book in hard copy. Period. And, and they could and they could be renting out their own spaces and making money right. off of it and supporting themselves. Yeah. And, but they but they don't. And so when you're offering something that the government schools are have to offer, also, I don't under, why why are we taxing people twice for that. I'm going to jump in real quick and then Moral Bob, please take over. But all I want to say is this, is regarding fire the firefighters, you know, I understand mm-hmm. that you know, you, they're not going to be fighting fires all the time. 90% of the time, 95% of the time, they're probably sitting in their quote-unquote firehouse watching the newest series of shows. I mean, they're getting paid to lounge. However, there's got to be an incentive to take that risk because, I mean, there is a more, there's more of a risk being a firefighter than there is an accountant, right? We can, obviously, there's inherent dangers involved with that. Sure, you're off most of the time, just like a soldier or a military guy or even a, a sheriff is not in a gunfight every five minutes. I mean, that would be incredible. Sure. There would be no one in that job because it would suck or they'd be dead, right? So I'm just saying there's risks involved and people should get paid for those risks. You know, I think there's a validity to that. And the ins- what is the incentive if they are part-time? So I, I think even with a full-time fire department, like eight dudes in a small town, like where you're at, Moral Bob, I think that's more than yeah. enough. And I think, yeah, pay them full-time, but they better be good at their job. When, when the actual, when the, the rubber hits the road, they're there to respond and they actually do a good job. And if they fail on their job, then no one's going to go to that particular firefighter business. There might be multiple firefighter units around town that are actually competing for your money, for your business, which would create competition, which creates, I don't know, productivity. What about networking uh, with the other towns? Bob, what, what do you think about that? Do you think that we could drastically reduce the size of our fire departments if we just had them working with nearby towns and having their volunteers come too? And how, how do you think that would work? Well, well, and that's that's the beauty of a free market is um, the answers are infinite. Mm-hmm. You know, there is not just like, oh, okay, this is how it would right. be. It would be, you know, everybody would cater 
to what they deem necessary. So if a small town that doesn't have a lot of trees around, doesn't really have fires very often, maybe they don't have a standing fire department at all. Sure. But then, you know, a big city that maybe ha- does have fires more often and needs to regulate those the spread of those fires, then they would have a certain group that would be full-time firefighters. And the same would go with the police. Like, it just kind of depends. That's right. I'm with you. Know, you. We, we, we can't, we got to stop thinking about this collectivist, okay, well, we have to have this for the entire nation. Like, it's like, no, let this community figure their That's right. community figure their stuff out. And let's just, let's let everybody figure it out inside of their budget. That's right. Like, I live just outside of Austin. So to touch on the library, yeah, they just got done building a $200 million library. I'm sure it's packed oh. every day. I'm oh, sure it's Austin's packed. very liberal, correct? Two, oh, very yes. liberal. $200 million library. Did they need a $200 million Who library? Who builds a library in nope. these day and age? Who's building libraries? That's well, hilarious. Now, it's awesome. They have a lot of cool events yeah. there, and we've, we've gone to it. But, like, if Austin wants to voluntarily fund a $200 million library, sweet. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. If you have the money to do it, more power to you. You know, and the thing is, is that we have to put the free market back into mm-hmm. it. You know, because these people are just going $200 million library. It doesn't yeah, but if they if don't spend money. money in their budget, they don't get it the next year. So that's why they justify right. like that. And again, it's they have a buddy and that congressman has a buddy. Uh, that state congressman has a, or city, right? City official has a buddy who's in a construction business. So he's like, hey, man, I'm going to try to get this approved so I can get you work for the next six, seven years. That's how it right. works. So you... So you have a significant amount of nepotism inside of, yes. of yes. all of these government contracts. That's right. But what you but what you completely remove is profit and loss. There mm-hmm. it is. So they just they don't have any they don't have accountability for when something doesn't make money. That's right. You know, it's just like, hey, we've got we've got these deep citizen pockets we can reach into and use it through force. Let's let's see. Let's see how deep we can go before they get mad. Yeah. And you know, what's funny about libraries is that that when people don't come to them anymore and they start losing people, it's because they're like, uh-oh, everybody owes us money for their late fees. So that we're going to waive everyone's late fees. And so all the income that they had guaranteed is gone. And now they need to pass a levy to because they don't have enough funding, supposedly. Like, it's it's a hilarious Make thing. sure you check out America's fastest growing number one pro-liberty radio program. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Make sure you check out America's fastest growing number one pro-liberty radio program, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is on seven nights per week and 190 plus radio stations coast to coast and is pro-liberty every issue and how many times? Seven times a week. There you go. Every time. So check out freetalklive.com. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Anyways, though, this is Johnny Rocket with Raylene Lightheart talking to Moral Bob. Always launching ideas. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Rock and roll. Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray of Truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Bam. And we're talking to Mr. Moral Bob. Moral Bob, how you doing, man? 
man. I'm doing fantastic. Awesome, awesome. So what we do here on the second segment, it's called Rocket Fire. What we do on Rocket Fire, sir, is I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related, and if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Mr. Moral Bob, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? All right, man. You ready to do this? Always. Let's do it. Question one. Is ignorance the root cause of prejudice and injustice? I think ignorance is the root cause of all bad things. Okay. I want to explain why? Um, because uh, to quote Mike Rowe, um, when he was asked about hate crimes, he said, I think all crime comes from a place of hate. And I 100% believe that, you know, it, it comes from a place of ignorance. Like, why do you hate somebody or why, you know, why do you feel this way? And it's, it's a lack of information. And I don't mean ignorance like you're an idiot. I mean, like, you don't have enough information. Right, to make a decision. Gotcha, man. Question two. What are the best ways to discover and create new libertarians in our society? Is it through political aspect or the moral aspect? Well, again, to quote somebody that uh, that I think I've, I may have mentioned on this episode already, but Dave Smith said, we can't get a million votes until we change a million minds. So we just have to have hard conversations if we really want to show people the way um, and change them from Republican, Democrat, you know, whatever they are. We just have to answer the hard questions and ask the hard questions, you know. Rock and roll, man. Have conversations. Question three. What do you think the libertarian solution is to climate change? Where does the responsibility lie in regards to being stewards of the environment? Um, again, it, it kind of goes back to the first question. To think that man-made climate change is something that we need to drastically think about is just based in a lack of information. Um, climates are going to change and we need to do everything we can to be good stewards of the earth. And I'm not, you know, we need to take care of I know of you're not a hippie. I know you're not but, a hippie. Um, I know. You no, drive, you like you hot know, rods and shit. I do. You know, I'm not super hippie, but, you know, we still do need to think about not being complete assholes. Right, I'm with you. To throw in trash out the window. I'm with you. But the solution to climate change is, is information. So 3% of the atmosphere is carbon dioxide and only 1% is man-made carbon dioxide. Yep. So should we lower that number? Maybe, but you know, is it going to drastically change anything? Probably not. So, yeah. you know, we just need to just be better stewards of the earth and just do what we can in a voluntary way. Nobody should be coerced. Rock and roll brother. Question four. Do you think there's an essential connection between the morality of an action and the morality of the intentions behind said action. Ooh, man, that's that's a hard question. <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> because, you know, people could justify violent behavior that way. You know, like, hey, I got to feed my children. And if I don't, you know, then bad things are going to happen to my kids. They could starve to death. So I'm making the moral decision to provide for my kids by engaging in crime, you know, violating someone's rights, doing something violent so my kids can eat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's, a, a, tough... that's a tricky question, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. No, but, but I mean, uh, I don't know. I just think everybody should find peaceful solutions. You know, bad things happen and, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But, you know, if somebody's able to defend themselves, again, it goes back to the risk reward equation. Yes. Yes. Question five. <laughs> what should libertarians do during the coronavirus pandemic? And what should have been done in the initial response? Um, 
man, we shouldn't have panicked. Okay. That's for sure. Okay. We should, you know, waited for more information, looked at it, opened, like, if it was a libertarian society, it's a different answer than if we were to do the libertarian answer in the society that we have now. Right. Um, so it's two different answers. So I'll just go with what the libertarian solution would be into our society that we have now. And that would be, you know, for our government to go open up the market and say, okay, um, let's let the private sector in. Here's the information that we have about this thing. We think it could be really bad. Help us out because the government actively blocked a group of doctors that wanted to do some testing early on. Yes. Because they didn't have FDA approval. That's right. And that very well. And then the doctors finally said, hey, we're going to do this anyway, you know, regardless of the punishment you want to get. That's right. And do it. So, you know, everything the government did was the wrong thing to do. They panicked and then cut off the market response, let put in regulations by the FDA and the CDC. It was a show. And now we have problems that could have been avoided. I'm with you 100%. Question six. Some left so-called libertarians and communists believe that property rights are the creature of society, that there are no natural rights to property. How would you respond to them to possibly change their mind? Um, well, I would say what makes property valuable? Um, and it's the labor of an individual. You know, if it's just a barren piece of land and it, you can't grow anything on it, there's not a home on it, there's, you know, nothing making that land valuable, mm -hmm. why would you want it? Right. You could, like, buy a desert out here in Arizona for, like, 10 bucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but you can't, you can't do, grow anything. Can't do anything. You can't build on it. You can't do anything there's with no, it. Yeah. So it's, there's no value unless someone puts their labor into it. Right. So the only way to truly own property is to make that property valuable through your labor. That's right. And to put your labor and mix it into the land, which creates property. Gotcha. Question seven. Why is it that education choices should be left to the family and not the state? And could it be said that you as a parent are forcing your beliefs on a child just as the state does? Uh, well, I mean, the obvious thing to say is that one, if, if, Parents want to choose to do something for their children as long as they're not hurting the child. They shouldn't be coerced to do anything else. You know, I, I think the way that we treat children in this society and in this country is atrocious and it needs to be changed. And uh, by, you know, anybody that says, hey, the government needs to educate children so we have smart children, I would say, well, where are you basing your evidence on and government education being the right one? That's right. And compared you know? to what? And that's yeah. that's the question. The, the ultimate philosophy, yes. philosopher question. Yes, compared, compared to what? what? That's right. Question eight. Can knowledge and communication stop corruption? Why or why not? Of course. Um, violence comes from a communication breakdown. It's when you can't resolve your problems in a peaceful way. And the only way to resolve things in a peaceful way is through communication. So when communication breaks down... That's when you have violence. I mean, to quote, uh, what is it, Cool Hand Luke? What we have here is a failure to communicate. There it is. I'm with you, brother. All right, man. Question nine. This is a good one here. Is it immoral for a company to exaggerate or even quote unquote stretch the truth in their advertising? And is stretching the truth moral? And should it be legal even in a free society? 
Um, should it be legal? Yes. Um, people should be able to vote with their dollars to go away from things they can prove is a lie. Um, now, is it moral? Uh, it depends on what they're selling. Um, if, if like, you know, when cigarette companies used to say that cigarettes weren't bad for you and they knew for a fact they were, and they would go on their commercials and say that they were not when they would go on and say that they weren't bad for you, that's immoral. Right. No, I'm with you. That's wrong. It's fraud. But at the same time, you know, you could also say that, that it would be fraud, but at the same time, they also said, well, these Paul Malls are the safest of the cigarettes. They didn't say it was healthy. I think everyone knew smoking cigarettes is not, no, no moron would know that that was like not good, right? It's bad, right? But they would say, well, Paul Mall has been rated the safest by Dr. Schmuckatelli in San Francisco's Camargo, whatever. I'm just saying it's a stretch of the truth. It's the consumer's responsibility I'm with to make you. sure that they're, you know, it's, it, it all comes back to personal responsibility. I'm with if you. you don't care to look into it. That's on you. That's called Yelp reviews and Amazon reviews. There you go, man. Okay, question. (laughs) Question 10. As libertarians, we believe in the non-aggression principle and self-defense is always warranted. However, at what point do you believe the use of force is justified? And is the use of force justified now against the state? Yes. um, The use of force should only be, um, you know, initiated in defense. Um, and the government engages in violating our rights and threatening us with violence at every turn. Right. Um, and I think, you know, we, we need to, I mean, it goes back to our conversation from earlier. If you don't know who have a gun on them, maybe the criminal isn't going to do anything. Right. And we'll see things, you know, it's that and it's personal responsibility. How, how much of a responsibility do you feel to provide your own safety? Right. And right now, everybody looks to the government to provide that, and it goes back to the indoctrination. That's right. I'm, 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 yeah, and I think right now, I mean, technically, I don't think I would do it, but force against the state is justified, and that's just me. I think it's justified, but do you think people will do it? I don't think they will. Not yet. Um, I, think some, I think some people will. I mean, we're getting there. The boogaloo is being talked about a lot. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. You know, and... Uh, this I might carry be the t- my gun every day, not because of individuals. Right. I'm with you, brother. Anyway, so that's Rocket Fire. Give it up for more. Bob! Nice Bang. job. Good job, brother. Anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas here with Raylene Lightheart and Moral Bob. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Rock and roll. Mr. Moral Bob, 
Bob, thanks so much for being here in the uh, right outside of Texas. Location undisclosed, but hey, man, thanks again for being here. I know you're, you have a small bunker. You have a small fortress. You have uh, food supplies stocked up. I, I, you know, you're, if you could see him right now, he has uh, camouflage on. There is a small, uh, he has a, a, ghillie, a ghillie suit. He has face paint on. He's ready to rock and roll. He's prepped. Um, he's wearing a gas mask. He's ready to go yeah, to the grocery store. Mop, mop four gear. Um, you know, he's right. No, he's not. Yeah, I'm kidding. The no, but he is very handsome, <laughs> and he has nice, distinguished glasses. Yeah, he's a nice. Yes, yes. He's, he has glasses. Yes, and he reads books and stuff. Which, if you guys it's ever stuff. heard, if you ever heard of a book, it's a really cool thing. That's it's a it's a it's not a new thing. It's kind of kind of an older. And you thing, can get them outside of a library. Yes, so you're you can. Okay you can buy them. You don't have to go. You can get them at Amazon. <laughs> there may be a two to three day delay due to the coronavirus, but you can still get them at Amazon.com. That's Anyways, true, right. and if you do, you should uh, check out How to Succeed in Politics by our good friend, Remzo, Remzo Martinez. There you go. Thank, that's a good plug. Smart. I love him. Smart plug there. I like that. Okay, so Moral Bob, thank you so much for being here, Raylene. Take it away. Oh, okay. So I have two really fun questions. I think I'm going to go with behind preparation for events out of our control is always mitigating fear. In a free society, do you believe insurance companies would be promoting the same style fear-mongering as this government and mainstream media, instead through advertisement companies? What do you think that would look like? I, again, uh, not to keep repeating myself, but uh, <laughs> what's the incentive? <laughs> you know, like if we... Well, I mean, fear when people would buy more insurance, people. right? Well, but, but would they need to? Mm. Would they, mm -hmm. you know, would their profits be good enough and, and we've got to remember, in a free market, the cost of all of the goods that we're paying for right now would be driven down, not up. Oh, that's everything. Right. So Through regulation, yeah. Well, there's a taxes on insurance, money. for fuck's sake, you know? Right. And you're right. forced to and, pay for insurance on top of that. And in a free market, if some ass insurance company starts doing some stuff like that, you're going to easily be able to go, all right, later, dude. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. going over to this other place that doesn't do that. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. You know, the, yeah. the profit and loss motive again, like there's no, it's a risk reward. And I don't think in a free market, that would even be something we have to worry about. Okay. Now, More you, Bob. Want to, you know, there's a, there's a, there's healthy skepticism and fear. Like if you live in a fire place like California, absolutely yeah, have fire and earthquake insurance. And I that would Texas. mitigate the fear. Of course, having insurance right. does make you set at ease. Appropriate fear. Not some, you know, phobia, which mm -hmm. is what, how we operate now. I'm with you. It's not, it's not rational fear. It's irrational fear on how we operate now. Moral mm -hmm. Bob, what do you think of the quote? This is a good one here, man. Universal <laughs> coverage in exchange for universal responsibility. How do you view that quote? Is it moral? Because you're moral, Bob. So I figured I'd ask you that, right? Or okay. immoral and why? It's only immoral if you're violating someone's rights to achieve a means to an end. Yes. Um, so, you know, I, that's that's where my line is, you know, like. I know, that just sounds so. As long as you are not being yeah. violent to achieve your ends, anything is possible. Like, let's let's keep looking at how we can achieve the things that we need to achieve without violating everybody's rights. I'm with mm -hmm. you, man. I'm with and, you. and, you know, I'm cool with collectivism as long as it's not coerced collectivism. So if we all agree in this room about 
product A. And we we're all like, hey, we really like product A because all three of us think it's amazing, right? And we all buy it. Well, some would say that that may be collectivism, but it's not really. It's still individualism at its core, right? We all want that. We all agree yeah, to these terms and conditions. Uh, like yeah, preference. We all right? have preference, right? But an HOA, right? I, I mean, when you go into an HOA, you are going into, let's just, let's go here. Let's go here because I think this is important to differentiate sure. between a voluntary government and a forced state, right? I think there's two different, for the average listener who doesn't understand this concept, when we say the state, you cannot opt out of the state. You can't say, I'm tired of this taxes. I'm done. Bye. You can't yeah. do that. Whereas in a HOA or a church or a just a group chess club or you're if you're you know, like role playing games and you're like Dungeons and Dragons, that is a government. Right. You, you agree to these terms and conditions. You agree to the rules. You agree to this. It's but if you don't like the rules and you are voted out, you have the right to say, you know, what, I'm gone. Right. I, there is a difference between forced governments and voluntary governments. And I think that we should be focusing in on the latter as libertarians. Well, and that's the, that's what we're supposed to be doing as libertarians is showing people that, you know, it's, it's the coercion, it's consent mm -hmm. that matters, right. you know, and it's the only you know, thing the, that matters. The, in fact, the, right. Consent matters with sex and government equally. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. I, I do. Actually, so with every interaction that, that yeah. you have, and even we're talking about being social situations in town with a handshake, with a wave, with a smile, with a talk, with a, a driving next to, parking next to somebody, consent is key. And we have got to learn about free association way more in this country. Keep going. Yes. I mean, it's the, we have to bring back responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, that has been so eliminated by the nanny state. Don't worry government will take care of it. Yep. Don't worry, government will mm -hmm. take care of it. And we have to get back to being a responsible country where, you know, we provide the things that we want and need for ourselves, our loved ones. And if we're good people for the people that we see that are in need, you know, there is $400 billion worth of charitable donations voluntarily given every year, 400 billion. Mm -hmm. That's half of the welfare state. Mm -hmm. Half. Imagine if those people had a hundred percent more money yeah. and weren't being taxed at a fifty percent effective tax rate, and weren't being arrested for feeding the homeless in a park. Right. I, I had that conversation earlier today with somebody about not being able to feed homeless people. An old man set up a table to feed homeless people, and he was arrested mm -hmm. because he didn't have the right damn paperwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't want to help the problem. They want to perpetuate it. Like if you, you know, me and Raylene are both from Seattle area and uh, Seattle itself is show. Uh, it's getting worse and worse every day. And there's more and more people um, just out of curiosity. I mean, we we've had some guests on. We've talked to Rocky Ferenberg about homeless, homelessness and drugs and all these things that are kind of maybe contributing factors that, you know, maybe are hand in hand with each other, mental disorders, stuff like that. What do you think is uh, a possible besides the actual, you know, oh, it's charity. Besides charity, what do you think are some possible answers to that solution regarding homelessness? Well, I think people will figure it out. You know, if there's a need, it will be 
you know, if there is a, a group need in a community, it will be met. Somebody, but we, what we have to do is get rid of the fact that right now there's no incentive to enter certain markets because you can't help, you know, you, you have to be a 501c3 to do certain things. And, you know, why don't we just let people profit from things? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if you want to help the homeless and make money, why are we striking that down? Right. Like, well, and because and there are people that they are, there are entities out there. They're nonprofits that are making loads of money. When you look at the NFL, that's a, yes. a, a nonprofit and they make plenty of money. So it's protectionism by government. That again, well, is cronyism. You know, it's funny though. I, 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 oh, go ahead. Sorry, man. Here's an interesting fact. In order to be a, um, a nonprofit, only 5% of your, of the money you raise has to go to the cause. Right. There it is. That's, that's why true. the Clinton foundation can call themselves a nonprofit, but they they donate very little. You know, here's the thing. This may sound very unethical, but if you think about it, it's very ethical. Is uh, bum fighting, and I know this sounds really horrible and, and inhumane. Johnny, save this for the after party. <laughs> but like, but think about it. Bum Those people are going into this voluntarily, right? No one's forced to do it, and they're making money. Well, it's a, it's it's work for them. And now I know sounds like I'm an this is maybe not the right time to do this, but it's hilarious because these there is like a there's a market for this. And why is it wrong if bums are fighting and then you have MMA over here? What's the difference? What is the difference? Well, it can be exploitive. It's not okay to exploit people who are in a bad place. It's kind of like saying this abused woman that's being beaten like this, we can take advantage of her in this situation because she is, she's extremely brainwashed or damaged emotionally. So yeah, it's exploitive and it's not kind. It, should there no, be a no. law against it? No. Is it moral? Probably not. Unless these bums decide to fight on their own and nobody's pushing to profit off of them doing it. I'm, I'm okay? just saying, I know that Whoa. sounds bad, but I, again, it's still choice and pe- they are still individuals with choices. And I know they, they right, may Which is be, why there should be no law. Right. Well, well, here's the thing. I'll jump in. Um, Because there's such a mental illness problem with homeless, I would think that, that it's okay to have bum fights, but you'd have to determine whether or not the person was mentally ill first. Mm-hmm. If they are of their mental capacities and they're not mentally ill and they consent to getting into a fight for an agreed upon reward, um, I don't see a problem with it. Okay. You know, it's you mean legally see a problem with it. Well, I don't see a problem with it morally either. But I'm just saying because it's a consensual interaction. I don't either. So that's that's the problem. You would have to determine that you aren't exploiting a mentally ill person. Hey, they have a movie about this. But here's called Far and Away. Do you guys remember that (laughs) Tom Cruise movie where he starts boxing? Isn't that what that is? Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. Um, He needed money. He had just come to the country and he needed money and he found the fastest way to make money was getting in fights. And he actually, I believe, got paid to lose. Um, And there would be that too. But um, I think in a free market, you would have less homeless people because a lot of homeless people can't find a job and they stay homeless. Mm -hmm. And then they dive into drugs and stuff and that makes them mentally ill. And it's because nobody can hire a bum for $3 an hour right now. It's illegal. It's illegal. It's illegal. They're being hurt by not living in a free market. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, maybe a bum would get hired at $3 an hour to sweep the parking lot or clean the toilets 
and then they could work themselves up. And maybe once they've worked themselves up to a point, maybe their generous boss would be like, look, I want you to get off the streets. I see that you're working really hard and you've gotten a lot better. You're not on drugs anymore. Let me give you an interest-free loan. You can get an apartment and, and then, you know, I'll give you a promotion and you just pay me back over an agreed amount yeah. of time. Sure. You know, let the market figure it out. I'm with it's you. Capable. We've actually done that when I was a manager. Um, like the the manager that I had and the owner that I had has done this forever. There were homeless people would come in and we would say, hey, if you go sweep the parking lot, we'll get make you a meal. No problem. Like we'd always barter with them. And it was to make sure that we didn't have just droves of homeless people coming for free things, but we'd make, we put them to work, but it'd be easy work, you know? And eventually we hired them more than one. We would hire them. If they showed up, they were honest. They always did a good job. We, we ended up hiring these toothless dudes with crazy wild hair. Uh, but, but they were good workers. And I think it was a really cool thing that I grew up in that culture That's cool. when I was managing. I love that the owner would break the law yeah. to do that. Kind yeah, of that's cool. That's very cool. People helping people is how we move forward. And I, I think regulation has disincentivized helping people. And if we didn't have the government meddling, more people would want to help. Absolutely. All right, Raylene, prepare for landing. Roger that, Johnny. Seatbelts and shoulder harnesses. Your body, your choice. Landing gear and downward expanders. NAP initiated. Anti-state superchargers. Defragged and woke. Landing lights and guest websites. Mr. Moore, stop. Give us your dot coms. And if you don't have dot coms, just give us your <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm working on a, I'm working on the website currently. I own the domain, but I haven't had time to create it yet. You can find me on Facebook as Moral Bob. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not very active. But that may change soon. Um, again, my my podcast is conversations about freedom. I'm working on getting it everywhere, but Spotify, Google Podcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public is where you can find me right now and hopefully more within the next week or so. But Apple's really, really hard to get on and I am brand new. All right, rock, mm -hmm. rock and roll, man. I know how, I know the struggle. The struggle is real, man. The struggle is real. Moral Bob, thank you so much for being here, man. And uh, again, really good conversation about, you know, just basically what libertarianism is and what we should be doing. Some of the solutions that are present and what we can do to fix it and maybe even give us a, a different light on how we approach things and how to look at things. And I think that this is what the public needs to hear is the free market solutions. And again, Raylene, thank you so much. And it's so good to have you back. And if you want to hear more of Moral Bob, what should we do? Oh, please visit supportblastoff.com. That is supportblastoff.com and subscribe. If you give us a dollar, then we can go ahead and let you listen to the after party, which is super fun, where we take the guests and have a way more relaxed conversation and answer questions and um, put them on blast for the listeners. And for an extra dollar, then you get to listen to the uh, all-nighter too. Okay. Me and Johnny. That's right. That's right. It's such a great show. I love our show. Uh, talking about current events and topics. Anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket with Raylene Lightheart and the Mr. Awesome, Mr. Moral Bob. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Rock and roll. Minus five, minus four, minus three, minus two, minus one. Come on, people, get on the blast off. A blast off. Yes, we're on our trip on a rocket ship. Come on, folks, me.
Five minus four minus three minus two minus one. Come on, people, get on done.